0: This is my beautiful wife, Danielle. If you haven't met her, you should, because she's smarter, prettier, and altogether more awesome than me. So, (laughs) well, we are in week three of our series, Something Beautiful, and we are celebrating the unique ways that women reflect the heart of God, and uh, so I've invited Danielle up here Uh, This is the only way I can get her to do public speaking, and so I pray for her because God has a purpose and a calling on her heart to preach, but that's okay. (laughs) All right, so at the very end of Proverbs, there's this section called the wife of noble character, and I'm going to read just a few verses of it. It's actually pretty long, about 22 verses. We're going to read about 10 of them here today, and so uh, from Proverbs 31, uh, some verses from verses uh, 10 to 31. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies, her husband has full, just be still, <laughs> don't move, or you're going to have to hold this, okay, she doesn't like holding microphones, so we're trying, to, we're trying to work with her, her husband has full confidence in her, and lacks nothing of value, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life, she sets about her work vigorously, her arms are strong for the task. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Sometimes she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also sometimes and he praises her many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so we've got this set of verses here at the end. And the context for that is, is a, as a mother who is a queen, basically giving the guidelines of what she wants in a daughter-in-law for her son. So this is where the tall order is coming in, okay? And so, if you're thinking this this list may be a little out of reach, you're right. This is this is what you would hope for for your kids, kid to married. So that's kind of the the context of this, if that helps. So, anyways, when you hear that list, what sticks out to you?
1: Well, it's a little overwhelming.
0: I, how many women here have obviously read that
1: scripture before? Yeah, you think, oh. God.
0: I think that's your heart. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm laughing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was laughing. No, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who likes public speaking? Raise your hand because no one likes to public speak. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to find the one you
0: distracted me. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, one of the things we talked about was just that the who can find, verse 10. And so it actually opens up with this. It, it basically says right there at the beginning that this perfect woman isn't out there. And, um, and so, but it basically leaves it as something to strive for. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but what does this mean? In and, and verse 11, it says a husband has full confidence.
1: I think he has full confidence in her.
0: I'm trying to give you something. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> when we work through this, what does this, this look like in a house today? What does what, what that list that, that seems unreachable look like? I mean, what, what do you try to have it look like in our house? Like a normal day. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever normal is, yes. Um, Monday morning. Monday
1: morning. Well, I think the important thing is, is um, Proverbs the beginning starts with um, the command to fear the Lord, and it ends with this as well in Proverbs 1. And I think um, as a mom and a wife, you need to first know the fear of the Lord and understand it and have those qualities. Um, and they're mentioned throughout this chapter, different qualities in her. It says... Um, She's encouraging. She cares for others. Um, she's good with money. So those are. But that's not me on a daily basis.
0: It's it's actually you on a daily basis. Just so you know, in our house, Danielle runs our budget, uh, pays our bills, and um, and you know manages basically our calendar. And and I think within each home that you move those roles around, and I think uh, you'll find that different personalities, not just men and Men and women have like stereotypically stereotypical strengths, you know, of of different things. But then you've also got to pay attention to the different personalities within people, and and uh, and move roles around based on strengths. And, and so, uh, and so that's that's how we run. And for years, I think it was just over a year ago that we basically officially moved the money into your yeah. your lap. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, and, it, and it, it's it smoothed out because I didn't want her to worry about it. And so it, had, it wasn't a control thing on my part. But because of my attention other places, it after, actually left her more worried about money because I wasn't, like, regularly into it, if that makes sense. So depending on who does what, you know, that might work out differently in different households. But that was something that I was hanging on to that she actually ended up being better at. And and so, she and you're moved. a better cook. Yeah, and I'm a better cook. And so, uh, and but here's the thing that actually was a hard thing for us because it would actually bother her and like embarrass her that I would make what usually what we would take over to other people's house because I like to. I'm a bit of a foodie. Uh, these pounds didn't just jump on me. You know, I actually invited every one of them, and um, and. Uh, <laughs> Much to her disdain. and uh, But uh, it took us a while, like, where she would be frustrated kind of making herself do that part, and I would be frustrated at what was on my plate. And, uh, oh, we were doing pretty good. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Corn and tomatoes.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is a famous meal where we sat down at a summer. This gets me into trouble every time. But first year of marriage, we sit down to corn on the cob, beautiful tomatoes which i was excited to eat both yes sliced and i mean beautiful and then she sat down and i to quote the old commercial from the eighties where's the beef and she said that's dinner i said this isn't dinner this is the this is like the sides but anyways and uh...
1: i grew up going out to the garden my mom would send me out to the garden to pick corn and tomatoes and that's what we had
0: so anyways um, we have learned through 23 years of, of marriage that, uh, to, to move things into each other's camp. But this list, um, something about this full confidence I think sticks out to me and, and is that uh, we have absolute confidence in the other person. And that's where a marriage falls apart is when you begin to, uh, you don't have good intent or you, you believe the other person doesn't have good will or good intent. And so I know that Danielle is going to do her very best at, at what she has taken over in the house. And she knows that I'm going to do my very best at what I've taken on. And when you believe that about the other person, um, you, you're setting yourself up for success and for encouragement. Yeah.
1: Don't you think, too, I've seen people speaking of each
0: other in, in public.
1: I've yeah. seen that happen many times. You're talking to a couple and they're just,
0: she's mentioned like speaking ill of each other. So I've, I've been, uh, in different circles where guys are talking bad about their wives and then she's been at, you know, lunches with ladies and, and they're kind of doing their complaining about their men or whatever else. And sometimes you just gotta, you know, share the latest, you know, stupid thing that the man did or something. But, um, but, uh, but you can hear a you can hear a different thing in some people where their where their unhappiness is just kind of seeping out everywhere, and so we've we've made a um, pretty much an early deal that we we just don't tear each other down. It's not what we do, um, and then we definitely don't in front of our kids or or with uh, you know or or with um, outside you know of our home when we when we disagree on stuff, which we will, uh, we, we keep that between us. And uh, until I agree with her, so any uh, final thoughts on
1: Um, the one scripture or the one part that always stands out to me is she brings good, not harm, all the days. And Ephesians talks about what a wife is supposed to look like and and what a husband is supposed to look like, and um, we're supposed to give our husbands respect. And I know that's hard for some women, and especially with this movement, and I have nothing against women being strong by any means, but in some ways it kind of encourages this atmosphere of hostility and that you know, he's stupid, he can't raise the kids. Or, you know, and you see that in a lot of sitcoms. I mean, who's seen that on so many sitcoms. And so and that, that just makes me
0: so sad. Yeah, the dad's, a, the dad's dumb, the mom's a nag, and, mean, a and yeah.
1: <laughs> so, but um, I think it's so important as women is that we are respecting our husbands. Like that is really important. Um, and when you're, you know, when we're up here together, or when we're talking, I'm not going to just tear him down, you know. And, and I've seen that happen, and, and I've seen it destroy marriages. So, um, but and then and next month, in all fairness, he's going to go after the men.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's excited for that. Um, well, there was one other verse that, that I think meant a lot to you. I know you liked the whole thing, but about the, uh, lamp not going out at night. Yeah. Okay.
1: Can you, are you not hearing me at uh, all? Time
0: you turn your head this way. So oh, sorry. No,
1: okay. okay. Wait, which one did you, were so you talking the lamp about? Not going out at night. Oh, well, I've read that so many times. Um, I've read all of this so many times. And I think when you were talking earlier, early on about our marriage and, um, just, you read this and you think, oh, she can cook, she can, you know, she can do it all, and of course I can cook, I don't enjoy it, but it did take me years to get past that feeling of, um, feeling less, I guess, like, oh, well, so-and-so can do all this stuff, Um, but that particular scripture, I've read it so many times, and just recently, it just came to me that The lamp not going out at night, for us women, I think we're very um, spiritual. Like, we're always, I think if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're always in tune with that. And so, like, I know, like, at nighttime, like, if something's off in my house spiritually, I know. And so I think it's really important to have that. And um, it just, that was really cool when God showed me that.
0: And that also has played uh, Danielle always knows when there's something wrong with me or, or one of the kids and um, and she'll she'll go after the kids uh, like for weeks and like what's going on in your heart you know something something's not right and sometimes it'll take a while for something to come to the surface but she's never been wrong and um, and so uh, that that's something that the Lord does and so I guess with this list, what it, what it means, uh, what I believe that this is saying is, is that it's something to strive for, that God has, a, God has a best, and it's about playing to your strengths, and uh, that's what we've tried to do in our home. Uh, any final thoughts? Can you guys thank Danielle for being up here with us today? <laughs> She's awesome. My goodness, all right, so this is week three of something beautiful. Do you mind starting the Facebook babe? I forgot to all right we're not we 're so spoiled with Andrew and Chrissy just helping us with everything that uh, we're I tend to do stupid things when they 're not here, but that 's okay so week one we said that um, Women have this unique role of of being sisters, and then uh, there's a saying that, that friends are the sisters you choose. And so there's this mode that women have, and sisters are significantly different than brothers. And um, I have both, and I can tell you that they are. How they show me love, I have two sisters that love me and a brother that loves me. How they show that is different. And so I've seen what's different and unique about a sister that reflects the heart of God is that they walk through the details of life with everyone that will let them. And that can wear a guy out because we don't really care about the details. And, uh, but the women do, and I've also have come to a place in my life where the details actually do matter because the little things all add up into big things. And so Danielle will walk through the details of our life and she will walk alongside somebody and she will be that sister to people and, and go through that those roles with her. Uh, last week, I got a lot of good feedback on it. These messages are on our website, picktownfc.com. Last week, we celebrated motherhood and we said that the unique way that, that mothers reflect, that women reflect the heart of God, is this, they have this thing called nurture inside of them. This is something else that is really not... Uh, a, it's, it's a part of what men do but it's 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 different it's deeper and it's it's good it's holy and it's something that reflects the heart of God that women do and uh, we had a great time talking through that last week about what it means to make sure that the people in your life are growing that they have what they need and you're taking care of the environment for them you're you're there again you're looking at every facet of what's going on and uh, this week we uh, We're going to see what God has for us. Do you guys remember, I'm on a commercial kick today. Do you guys remember the old tombstone pizza commercials? What do you want on your right? Okay, so if you could have a pizza right now, what would be on it? Don't tell me because I'm already hungry. What do you want on your tombstone? They are playing off of every person's desire, not for pizza, But for when you come to the end of your life, that it mattered. Right? So if you were picturing your actual obituary, or it's a little morbid to think about maybe, but how do you want your kids to think about you? What's the mark you want to leave on this planet? What do you want your life to amount to when it's over? we all want our lives to count we want them to be meaningful we want to leave something deposited into the next generation danielle and i's entire purpose in life is that our three kids now son-in-law that they would have everything that they need every good footing every good foundation so that they would be a blessing to this planet right And then we've given our lives away to Jesus as far as serving him in ministry, and so we just want our lives to multiply into other people, and God willing, that's going to keep happening. We all want to make a difference. We want our lives to matter. We want them to count. What does a successful woman wife look like? What does it look like? Well, here's the problem. And we've talked about this through this whole series. Society has a bunch of different pictures for us of what a successful woman slash wife looks like. And depending on whose wallet is attached to it, that's the image that they give you. And so they'll say, you need this to be a successful person. This is what you shouldn't have. This is what you should have. And so society and culture have given us this moving target. And what that leaves for us is it leaves mixed messages that I believe hurt our self-image. And I believe another consequence of that is that it hurts marriage. What do I mean by that? A marriage is really only healthy if there's two healthy people in it. And the Bible teaches that a real healthy marriage actually has two healthy people and Jesus in the middle of them. And that's where we get that scripture, the three-stranded cord is not easily broken. If mom and dad are each chasing jesus you've got a just a a, a great chance you just have a, a great chance and that home is probably going to be life-giving to other homes around it not just trying to stay above water on its own that's how you leak into other people okay so these mixed messages they tear us down as individuals and when one person is hurting, and, and there's times of that in marriage, then the, you're only going to be as happy and as healthy as the average of the two people in it, right? And so there are times where we pick each other up, but this society is driving us to this place where we don't even know where the target is anymore. And if you don't know what success looks like, then you're lost at sea, you don't have an identity, you're not confident in who you are, and you're not able to bring your best to marriage i did a wedding yesterday and and i love the phrase in in the vows that that uh that i use and, and i found them from somebody else and i just love them and it says do you agree to bring your best resources every time to this marriage bring your best you're gonna bring your worst too by the way it's just part of it But will you intentionally give your best to your family? It's a great question, right? Well, these mixed messages, they hurt us. And I believe this leaves us uh, feeling frustrated. And I have known uh, plenty of women that are feeling frustrated and unsatisfied as wives. And what happens in this position, and, and I've seen this, is that they begin to pursue their own identity. What am I talking about? I believe that when people go uh, to get married, I believe they have the best of intentions to live this life of togetherness. And they, they set out, but they, they run into some stress. They run into some tension. Um, maybe somebody does something that's stupid. Maybe both of them do something stupid. And they're moving through life. And the tension and the friction build up and you're compiling also with these images of the culture that says this is what it really looks like to be successful. You don't see yourself hitting that mark. You don't see your marriage going well here. And so you end up choosing your own things to be good at. And so the picture God gave me is two people building a house, but they each have different blueprints. And so what happens is, is, is these two people came to the altar at some point, and they had dreams of a future together, and you, you think you're dreaming of the same blueprint, but you're really not. You'll find that out in year one, and you've got to come to terms with that. But if that wrestling match doesn't quite work out, then what happens is both of them end up working on their own thing, and they end, each end up... Uh, two careers can even end up being okay but the problem is is if they're building two different things you following me and so I've seen men damage relationships plenty but I've also seen too many wives in decent marriages and I'll explain that come unglued and walk away what do I mean by a decent marriage I think God has better for us than that but I've seen people nowadays walk away a lot sooner than people used to 10 years ago and 20 years ago they just stuck it out but it doesn't it doesn't seem to take as much anymore and now every situation is unique and I'm not belittling anybody that's that's gone through divorce in this room and I know some of you have that's that's not what I'm up here to do. What God wants to do is get into our hearts to make our marriages now divorce-proof, okay? And so he wants to take us to his word, his plan, his best, so that we can live our lives for him, okay? And he'll help us through those hard times. But I've seen this where a decent marriage, where there's really no, there's nothing terribly wrong, nobody's happy, and two people have built their own little lives inside one bubble and they just wear out and what happens is is we're afraid to be honest because part of that definition of success is that if you are married well it's got to be the perfect marriage and those are the only things that we're going to show on Facebook those are the only things that we're going to share with our friends about and maybe our closest friends know the really know the real hurts and the pains um And I don't encourage you to share your laundry on Facebook like some idiots, but but at the same time, all we're usually are doing is curating our best moments on Facebook. So um, we have this image of success that we're trying to prop up. And so the marriage just gets hollower and hollower. And then finally, it's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm pretending more than I'm being real. Does that make sense? So we're afraid to be honest with the situation. And so I believe that it is wrong to not know what success really looks like. I believe it's wrong for us to change moving targets. I believe it's wrong to have this garbage circulating in our hearts about what does it really mean to have my own identity? What does it really mean to be married? What does all of this mean? Because society has less and less value for marriage now than ever. And then it says, if you do, basically, if you are dumb enough to get married, that you should make sure that you protect your own interests when you're there. I'm so thankful that God has given us a better way. He created us, and he knows what we were created for. Does that make sense? When I make something, I like to make things with my hands. I'm not an abstract guy. That's not how my brain works. Okay, I see a problem. I see what needs to be built. I build something for a purpose. And so everything that I've taken my time to build with my hands, I know what it's for. I may have to explain it to other people, but I know what it's for. And God has done the same thing. He has created us. He knows what we were created for. And by the way, he's happy to explain it to us. He designed men and women to reflect his character in different ways, and he's given us his word, the Bible, so that, he can, so that we can know his plan for success. Does anybody like to play board games or games? I love a good game. Uh, we, will probably be, we will probably be dumb enough to play Monopoly as a family on vacation, which always ends up with somebody yelling at somebody and, and dad getting grouchy at, at, at kids, and, and it's just a good time, but we'll play it again. And then we'll wait six months and play it again. I have to know how to win if I'm going to sit down and play a game. What is the point of sitting down if you didn't know how to get through the game, right? Let alone win. And so God wants us to know how to win. Our key verse for the series is Genesis 127. It says this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Why would this be our core verse for this series? Well, there's a companion series coming next month called Something Strong where we go in after the guys, and I'm excited about it. This says that God created men and women in his image. And if you're paying attention, men and women are different. I hope that's not revelation to anybody really, really different, really, 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 really different. And so if we both reflect the image of God and men and women are different, then my argument for this series is that must mean that we reflect different parts of the character of God. That's, where the, that's the basis for this series. So I believe that there are ways that women uniquely reflect the character of God, and I believe there are ways that men uniquely reflect the character of God. Now, when I say that men have a strength inside of them that reflects God, I'm not saying that women aren't strong. First of all, I don't want to die today. Second of all, in many ways I've seen women that are... Com- significantly stronger than men. So that's, you'll have to stay tuned for next month to hear what I mean by that. And men, you're pretty too. You're so handsome. That's what my mom would say to me. Thanks. I'm not saying these qualities don't exist in the opposite sex. I'm saying that they are strongly represented in men and then strongly represented women you guys with me I believe that our way out of the garbage that our culture has pressed in upon us is to embrace the truths that are in God's word because he's the one that created us so week one we said that women walk through the details of life with people we said week two women nurture people for today's role we're going to stay in Genesis chapter two I'm going to read you a few verses here It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. It's no wonder I like ribs. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh, She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Now, first of all, the genius name, why you're called women is awesome because it means you are from man. So Adam just says, her from me, that's what your name means. It's just a brilliant, simple statement. But what did God say? You have this little narrative here. What did God say? God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. So I will make a helper. Helper? I've been coming to this series for three weeks just to find out you're telling me that God has called me to be a helper? Before you ladies beat me up, I want you to listen. What did God say at the end of every day of creation? Every day it would say what he created and it would say he would look at it and say that it was good. So this says that he created Adam and what does he say? Some of you ladies are like, I knew he was no good. Bible said the man's no good. God's saying he's no good. That's not what the Bible's saying. We can have some fun in church, but can we also appreciate the fact that God's word is going to sound different than the culture around us? That's going to, uh, at first, sometimes offend you because we're actually we're actually receiving all of the noise around us, and we begin to accept that as truth. And so when something rubs you the wrong way and crosses your circuits up here and says, that, ooh. Well, if it's from the word of God, we have to expect it to sound different than our culture. And it's going to hurt our ears sometimes, and we're going to have to deal with it. He didn't say the man wasn't good. He said it wasn't good for him to be alone. And so there's something in this. Jerry Maguire didn't get it quite right. We don't complete each other. Man was good on his own, woman is good on her own. They are complete. And God will walk uniquely with each of us, and we're supposed to have our own unique personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and God is forming each of us to, to come out looking more like him. What this is saying is that we don't complete each other. We complement each other. Okay? So he says, I will make a helper who is just right for him. This word helper is one of those words that hits our ears and says, I don't like that. No. I was not made just to help this guy. Well, this helper isn't a subordinate. It isn't a lesser person. The word partner or teammate would be a more Modern substitute for that word. Paul says this in Ephesians. He, he takes this further. Uh, 521 through 25. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you would to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as the Christ is head of as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also the wives should submit to her husbands in everything. Guys are like, oh, yeah. But God doesn't design something incomplete. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. God's plan is that husbands and wives would live in submission. So God's plan is that wives would live in submission to a man who gives his entire life for her. And ladies, tell me you're happy to submit to somebody who would give their entire life for you. It should feel like something you want because it's something that God designed you for. Ladies, I propose to you today that feminism is a worldly answer to a spiritual problem. And I get it because I've seen men fail. And so what this looks like is it looks like uh, guys doing something stupid or just being oblivious to things, which I'm good at. And the wife ends up in a position that says, I want to honor you, but you are dishonorable. Well, what do we do? And guys, I'm going to challenge you next month because guys get in a situation where they say, I I want to love my wife, but she's acting unlovable. Here's where the word of God is so challenging for us. Because God is calling us to do what we were designed for regardless of what the other person is doing. And we learned a long time ago on the playground that I'll give you the toy you want if you give me the toy I want at the exact same time. I'll give you everything if you give me everything. And so what happens is, is you see somebody distracted Maybe not even necessarily something terrible. Just maybe, maybe focused too much on work or something. Which, by the way, is so that they can pay the bills for their family. But it all starts well, but they end up distracted and their heart ends up taken somewhere else. And it becomes harder to give your heart to a distracted man. It becomes harder to give your heart to a distracted woman. But God's word is challenging us. He's saying that your best, your best is on the other side of obedience and embracing the unique role that I've designed for you. Fending for yourself isn't the answer. Do you want a spiritual solution to the spiritual problem? That's where we need to come to because everything else is just. It's just positioning and and we're just trying to we're trying to do things in the natural that that is to, to try to balance out something that's wrong in the spiritual. Do you want a spiritual solution to a spiritual problem? Do you want to do the things in your house, in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships that will make a difference so that they come out looking like what God intended? If you do, then you need to embrace your God-reflecting role of helper. And by the way, these these roles are reflected from God. We see this uniquely in the Holy Spirit. So we believe in the Holy Trinity, God the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We believe these are not uh, in a rank, like these are God. This This is the unique ways that God is reflected. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? By the way, today's Pentecost, that means it's an anniversary mark of when the church was breathed into existence. After Jesus went up to heaven, he said, I'm going to send you another helper. And the word, the Greek word for Holy Spirit is parakletos, which means one who comes alongside. Now you tell me that that's a lesser position. No way. I have failed Danielle plenty of times, but when do we need help the most? When do we need help the most? When we we fail. Some questions for us today. Do you want to be successful on God's terms or the world's? This is a daily question for us as believers because the noise from the outside is going to continually be in our ears and we're going to be sidetracked all the time with goals that reflect success by the world's definition. They they come in constantly. And I don't even think all of them are bad. But if we're not careful, we can end up in that multiple target situation again, that scenario where we do not know who we are or what we are because we don't really know what we're trying to be. And if we will re reset ourselves regularly in the word of God and say this is who God has called me to be This is who I want to be These are the steps i'm taking today to choose to be that person to choose to have that relationship to choose to have that marriage I'm going to plant the seeds today to see the fruit I want in my marriage tomorrow three months from now ten years from now god willing 50, 70 years from now. Nelson Trimmer, the man that shared on our grand opening, him and his wife, I believe, are celebrating 73 years of marriage today across the street. When you get married at 20 and you lived almost 100, you get to do those things. Beautiful. Another question, do you really want to be enough for the people that need you. As we close today, our worship team can come on forward, please. They're doing such a good job. The first thing we can do is to see this role of helper as something beautiful. And I believe it's one of the most dangerous things that has crept into our culture is that this role of helper has been made to seem lousy. And if we're honest, we've all believed it. Guys have definitely believed it. And so they've wrongly treated women over the years by misunderstanding this truth of God. But what's even sadder to me, and I believe to the heart of God, that I believe women have seen this role as lousy. And the statistics on even young people even wanting to be married is quite disturbing. Some of that's from coming out of divorced homes and things like that and and just not even wanting to risk the pain that they went through. But I also see a rejection of what God says is beautiful. And so here's the thing. We don't chase the things we don't want. Let me say that again. We don't chase the things we don't want. When I really want something, I go after it. I I only know how to go like all the way after something. That's just how I'm built. But when our society says that being a wife is less than, then it becomes something that is not at the top of your priorities and so you're going to give less energy to it. That's 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 how we're wired. And what God's word is teaching us today is that one of the ways you were designed to uniquely reflect the heart of God is to be a help. culture says to fight for yourself because no one else will God says I have something better for you I have something beautiful for you so the first thing we do is embrace the unique ways that God has designed us and that's to see this role as of helper as something beautiful what do we do with something beautiful we cherish it. So number one, see it as something beautiful. Number two is cherish it. Embrace God's design. No more moving target. The reason for these series is to say, God, we want, to, we want a factory reset. We want your definition of gender. We want your definition of marriage. We want your best for what men and women are supposed to look like because you made us. And these last few weeks, we've seen that God has designed you ladies to go through the details of life because that's what God does with us. We saw that ladies, that God has designed you with a heart that nurtures, that worries about every factor of the environment around the people that you cared for, because that's what God has designed for us. The very air we're breathing, the very body that that takes care of itself and and does all of the things without me telling it to the the way that we think the way we move God has taken the time to look at every detail of creation and to make it work in perfect sync and harmony and he says I've placed that in you ladies nurture the people around you worry about all of the things in their lives and then today he said ladies I have seen that a man is good, but he is not good to be alone. And so he gives us teammates. And he wants to give your home one blueprint, his word. And he wants you both working On the same set of plans. One vision for your family. Two people may work at two different places. There might be two different career paths. But there's one set of blueprints for that house. Number one, we see this helper thing as something beautiful. Number two, we cherish it. If you're married today, help your husband. If you're not married today, somebody still needs you. Danielle knows all my blind spots. She has a choice. She can expose them. Now, talking with me about them is appropriate. You know, you you need to work on that. If, If that happens... Those are fair things where we, where we talk about each other's weaknesses and, and make a plan to grow through them. That's fine. But what she said on that stage is she's not going to expose me to somebody else. She chooses to cover my blind spots. And if anybody thinks that I do an amazing job in anything, It's because she is walking through life with me. I can't pastor this church without her. I don't raise children without her. Even all the hours I work outside of our home, I don't do those things by myself. I tell everybody that'll listen, I can run a thousand miles an hour because of her being behind me. We were designed to complement, not complete or compete. Number one, see something beautiful. Number two, cherish it. Number three, trust God for the results. What do I mean by that? You will find yourself many times, both ways. uh, Man, you'll find yourselves needing to give your lives and, and, and love someone who is acting unlovable. But today, we're not talking about that. Ladies, what the Word of God is challenging you to do is to honor and submit to a man regardless of if he is acting honorable. Because what you're doing in that situation is instead of building your own walls, instead of working on your own blueprints, you're trusting God for the future of your family and you're trusting God to honor you. And I have seen men come to the altar of Jesus crying because their wives showed them the love of Christ when they didn't deserve it. Women, you can change your family's future. You can affect the the environment around your husband's heart. You can set things in motion by being obedient to God's design for you. Can we pray this morning? Men, the only thing I would encourage you today is ladies need to know that they're needed. And however you can find the words, because every guy I know, they know they need their wives. They're just lousy at saying it but find a way. This morning. This is a challenging word, and like I said, we need to expect the word of God to sound different than our culture sometimes, and then when these words come in that challenge maybe some hurt areas, we have to decide whether we're going to yield to God or we're not. Ladies would... Would you choose today to see this role as something beautiful? To see it for what God intended. If this is something that you want to reach out to God for today and and maybe reclaim for your life, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. This is something, maybe an area where you're broken, you've struggled, you've been hurt. God wants to heal you and heal your marriage, heal your future, heal your relationships. The second part of this is that we were all designed to need help. The Bible says that we're all sinners, that we're, we're fallen, we're far from the presence of God. And God is our ever-present help. He sent his son to die for us. To cover our sins. To cover all of our mistakes. To forgive us so that we could stand with him. If you've never said yes to Jesus and you're ready to today, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Father God, we thank you for this message. God, we thank you for the series of something beautiful. God, I thank you that when you created men and women, you placed your image on us. And God, I thank you that we would embrace your truth for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we sing as we close our service this morning?